Good evening, welcome to Paranormal or What Podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. Hello, Paranormal peeps, how are you today? I'm very excited to let you know that Debs, Debs and I got back together a couple of days ago and we've done part two of our chatathon, Paranormal Chatathon, where we talked about everything that's happened over the last few weeks in the paranormal world, especially up in the north of England. So you're in for a treat. It's in two parts. This part is released today, Thursday the 15th of September, and the next part, part two, will be released next Thursday. So enjoy! I just want to say hello everybody and welcome back we've had um deborah's had lots of requests for us to get together again but we'd already organized this anyway yeah. um so we'd like to do it a bit more regularly if we can and um i'm glad that you enjoy it because i know that we do too so welcome to paranormal or what podcast and we have me your host michaela ford we have the lovely deb singleton thank you and the lovely deborah hatswell hi everybody so, ladies, what's been happening in the world of the paranormal since we last met? Do you, well, firstly, could I ask Deb? I got a, a call mid live stream last night, so I had to go while Andy was in the yes. service. Did, did you get any activity at all? No, but um, one of the chatters was uh, directing him to a rose bush. It was right at the other side of the cemetery, and she said, can you go find this rose bush? It's up on that. She was giving him directions. It's next to this field. It's up on this hill, the top of the hill. There's a lady stood there waiting. And she, she that's her area where she walks about. Anyway, it was kind of following her, following her directions and he couldn't find it. And, and then I said to him, are you going to end up at the military cemetery, like the Commonwealth graves? Because there's always a lot of activity around there. And as he's walking towards it, he went, I know where she's on about. And it was, the bush was there, the same colour that she'd said, I think it was pink and white or something, sat there next to this grave, but the, the two graves at the side of it, either side of it were foreign. So I couldn't work out whether they were male or female. Yeah. Um, but directly opposite that is where that thing was cloaking itself. One of the times when he went before, I think it was the second or third time, there was this figure cloaking itself behind this tree and it was bang opposite that. Ah, so we could have um, like an energy. There's something going on there. Because yeah, that, when that appeared, that frightened us to death. Andy didn't see it. He was panicking because we could see it in the studio, but he couldn't see it. He's like, what, what? It was just this big looming thing that appeared around the hedge. Stood oh there. Very creepy. Wow. And where was that cemetery, Deb? Uh, it's Kingsthorpe Cemetery in Northampton. It's not that far from Andy, um, Northamptonshire. But it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere. There's a, a main road that runs by it, but it's quite a way back. But it's in the middle of nowhere. It's just, and there's lots of really, it's huge, this cemetery. But there's lots of really weird things there. There's graves under trees. I was going to say that tree. Yeah. There's so many people melded with it. Yeah. I explain it in the chat. What I meant was, 
as a tree grows, its roots go yes. far, much farther than the top that you see. Yeah. And he was touching several people, I think, yeah. that were entwined with the tree. But that was the feeling I got off it. And then he, he went over to the tree and he found a grave. Yeah. 43, that was kind of, that was melded with the tree, wasn't it? When yeah, it was. Right there, so that, and then the phone went, Michaela, so I had to go, I missed the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, I know. But yeah, wow. There's also um, an area, I think it, it's got to be Catholic because all the names are pretty Catholic, but it's like cabinets, like like a filing system. Mm-hmm. So obviously they oh, slide yeah. the coffins in and then the end, the end of it, it's sort of sealed up with what you would call a gravestone, really, but it's, I call them body lockers. They're the weirdest thing I've ever is seen. That, um, is that a mausoleum? No, because... No, no, they're not as big as it, I know what Jeb means. It's not as big as a Maldilium. It's like a family plot, isn't it? Yeah, but it's huge. Version. Yeah. I don't think yes. I've ever actually seen one really. I've seen them on uh, paranormal shows and things like that. But yeah. I've never actually seen one really. I've seen, I've seen one in Portugal only because we were walking past and I just sort of nipped in to have a look. But they were, like I said last night, they were glass. The ends were glass, they weren't yeah. marble or anything. But was, that was Catholic, I think. I think it's a Catholic thing. Yeah. Mevis, Mevis. I don't know. I don't have much religion, Meg, unfortunately. No, I don't. Mum and dad are not into it. I like it when he does that, because when they do it, Deb's in the studio, so she does the chat and everyone's chatting along, and Andy's out um, in, in the real world, really. Yeah. And we get to see things from Andy's point of view as he's walking around. But the f- fun thing is sometimes people in the chat see stuff and Andy can't. Yes. So then you've got Andy in a dark graveyard... Yeah, I love that. Very well. And all people in the chat saying, oh, there's something, you know, we've just seen something right to the side. I'm, is, they, they walked past, do you remember when you walked past, they walked past the chapel and there was a light in there and there just should not have been anyone in And it was like a candlelight, wasn't it, Deborah? Yeah. Than an electric light. I kind of worked out that that might be like a fire a, over a door for like a fire thing, maybe. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Oh, you never know. But it's, it's, there's a lot of activity there. They've picked up noises. They've picked up flashing lights that, that haven't been anything like... Some people put lanterns on graves. They've gone over and there's been nothing there. There's, it's, it's a really active cemetery. But it's wow. so big. Will it sound bad if I say I actually like a cemetery? I like a cemetery. I do too. Mm. I think they're very calming. I do. I do. Where my dad is, um, he's in a woodland setting, so you can oh. feed them. Uh, and we have a little bench down there. It's absolutely beautiful. It's more like a garden than anything, really. Oh, that's lovely. And I love going there. It's just got this nice feel to it. Yeah. And honestly, I've never experienced anything out of the ordinary ever me when I've been in a cemetery. But I think I'm quite close when I go in there because I'm only thinking about the person I'm going to visit. Yeah. Aren't I? yeah. No, uh, I've never... There was two little eggs. I went one day and there was two little tiny pigeon eggs right at the bottom of my dad's thing, which is strange. My uncle Gerald's buried with him and he used to keep pigeons. Right. Thing, yeah. So when I saw them, it just, oh, it was lovely. Yeah. I've never had any interaction with a family member that's passed. I'd have to put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't either. And my dad was really massively into the paranormal. Yeah. Um, I only met my um, natural father when I was uh, in my 30s. 
Um, him oh. and my mum had a very acrimonious divorce when I was a toddler. And right. then my mum married my stepdad, who's always kind of been my dad. Yeah. Um, but it was quite funny because it, I'd got in touch with my two half sisters as well, who I'm still in touch with now. And um, it was the day before my, um, so there's there's me, um, and then there's, uh, they're both younger than me, obviously. Yes. Um, and um, so it was the oldest one's wedding. And I met him the night before her wedding. Right. It's like, oh. Um, and we went into this pub that I used to work in, in Halifax. And the first thing he said to me was, do you believe in ghosts? And oh. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and then he just went on and on and on. He gave me all these books. And he had some quite obscure beliefs. He'd got into this sort of... I don't, it was this weird, um, not a religion, but kind of, not a cult, but kind of getting on that way. A following, kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, system of beliefs, shall we say. Yes. Um, but um, I always found that was incredible, that he he was massively into that, and yeah. I've not seen him for like 30-odd years. Wow. Genetically in there then, isn't it? Yeah. That- that's all right. My dad was into the paranormal and UFOs and anything really that was mysterious. Yeah. Ghost ships. He liked to ghost ship. Um, Arthur C. Clarke's mysterious. Oh ghost yes, ghost. I love that. Yeah, I absolutely love that as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always been a, a mischa. Things have always happened around my dad, and my dad's really. Oh, I saw a ghost today when I were at work. Everything was very, just matter of fact to him. But yeah. My mum and Gran were a bit, bit. I wouldn't say shame, that's the wrong word, but they weren't open about what they yeah. saw or the experience. So it was really freeing with dad because you could speak to him about things like that. Yeah. And yeah. He, just, he just listened. So when I had that experience at 15, he, he, he said he knew me when I was lying. So he knew I was telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And that all through whatever I've done, every time I'd meet him or phone him, or, uh, he'd say, Oh, what, what case have you had in this week? Yeah. Say like this week, I say, oh, I've had one in from Olcombe, Norfolk, and he go, I tell you what river that's on there, and he tell me the river, <laughs> Bob on, you know. But yeah, I think sometimes you just genetically have the same yes kind of curious mind, maybe as your parent, you know. I think it runs yeah. stronger in like either your paternal or your maternal line, because mine's my maternal line. No. My dad wouldn't believe in anything like that at all. Even though he had a couple of spooky things that he told me about, he still passed it off as uh, it's just nothing. Yeah. Whereas my mum was really, because my, my great aunt was a clairvoyant, so my mum was really kind of into it all, and my granny was. And so that that side of the family was just open to all that sort of stuff. So that's how I was brought up, really. Yeah. My granny knew every time we were pregnant, yeah. whether you wanted your parents to know or not. Yeah. Walking in, you're pregnant. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm telling you, lady, you're pregnant. <laughs> and if something bad was going to happen she'd see her dad the night before she'd say oh I dreamt about my father last night he was sat at bottom of bed but when uh-huh. she meant that she didn't mean she dreamt about him she meant he was sat at bottom yeah. of her bed yeah. she could be all do you know what they do that older people don't they when they're all of a flutter and she'd say oh my belly's off and everything yeah, my mum's exactly the same Yeah. yeah. my mum will get this feeling that some bad news is coming or something and she's rarely wrong yeah so, all worked up and waiting for other shoes to drop, as, as she says, kind of. Yeah. Thing. But I don't know. Yeah. She's, my dad, she's heard my dad. 
she's had a white feather. We went to a memorial for him and we were inside and a white feather just floated down from the ceiling and landed in a lap. Wow. Shouted wow. a name. She's heard him do his normal night routine. And she says, do you think I'll ever get a sign off your dad? I say, mum, how much more do you need? It's not going to stand in front of you and go, hello. Who is me? It's going to knock on a knocking into like, right, you know, lady. She said, yeah. heard him bang and everything. I said, mum, how much more do you need from him? Like, yeah, he's frustrated with you. Yeah. Poor bloke's trying to make all this noise, yeah, <laughs> using all his energy trying to get through. If I can come back, I will. If I can come back, yeah. I will. And I yeah. had a dream, he'd been gone about 12 months. And I said, Oh, hello, dad. And he looked really happy and really lovely. And he told me the meaning of life. And right. when I woke up, I couldn't remember it. Oh, no, oh my goodness, but I could have touched that? him. Oh he's really? Same, his whiskers were the same, and he, I just—I was with my friends playing, even though I was an adult in this dream. And I went, "Oh, hello, Dad!" And it was just me, Dad. You know, yeah. it was nice. And I thought maybe that was a bit of interaction from him, just letting me know we were all right. But I knew we were all right anyway. Yeah. 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 I always hoped that mine would come back and give me a sign because he was so into it. But maybe he found somewhere better to be. <laughs> be yeah, better job. Important, more important work yeah <laughs> or maybe the time's just not right for him yet it might it might be a future thing you never know yeah yeah you know, thing with paranormal it can't pin it down either that yeah. or he's thinking to himself well she knows anyway so why why bother she knows it's there yeah. Yeah. If, he's, if he's anything like me i'm off me I'm, I'm you know i'm not earthbound i don't want to be stuck down here on no. in being q or aldi or somewhere like <laughs> Not for me. I'm, no. I'm, I'm going up on more, me. I'm, I'll be a wind up there. I'll be oh, yeah. There. Flying around. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I'm talking about cemeteries. Um, once, uh, when I lived in, I lived in London for 10 years, and um, I once had a, an appointment at, at a hospital. I can't remember the name of the hospital now. Anyway, it was near Highgate Cemetery. Ooh. And, you know, it's really famous. Yes. Um, and um, so I went in there with my camera, my digital camera and uh, I took loads and loads and loads of photos and I got the most weird photos there was one little section of of the cemetery which was obviously really really old yeah of course that's the bit that I was drawn to um, and it felt really spooky um, and I almost felt like I was in it was like um, in between worlds and they had a lot of graves that had these amazing big sculptures of angels oh, yeah. and things on. Yeah. And it almost felt like they could have, you know, moved or come alive or something. Yeah. And when I got my photos back, um, I don't know if it was just because it, uh, I mean, this was, oh gosh, um, maybe 18 years ago now. So digital wow. cameras weren't quite as good. And I don't know if it's because of that, but loads of them have got loads of um, really like scary, almost like skeleton faces in them yeah. and stuff. Wow. And the stonework of the graves and stuff. And it's more than pareidolia. I mean, you yeah. can really yeah. see these faces. Um, and it's amazing. I keep meaning to dig them out. They're on my hard drive. I'll have to get yeah. them out. If you just told me you were going to mention Highgate, I've actually got a report from there. <gasps> Two chaps. Um, I think it was 2018. I've not pulled it up because obviously I didn't know it. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. 
get the date wrong, anybody out there, just please excuse me. They've gone on a coach ship because he went to a boxing match. Right. And where they pulled up is Highgate Cemetery. And he said it was this dog, this really big, muscular, thick dog that was not a domestic dog. He said they looked around for owners and, and you know, anything that could have let the dog off. The gates were shut and everything. And this yeah. big dog. Uh, we're in there, yeah. So I'll pull it out for another time and I'll, I'll tell it you properly and you find your photos and we'll do a... Yeah, but do you know what? I think I've um, heard about a dog being sighted because did you ever watch that TV programme? It was it was only out last year, I think, which I think it was something like the Vampire of Highgate Cemetery of something Ooh, no. it was about. No. And it, but it was a special one-off documentary. It was on Discovery+. Plus. And um, obviously it was going on about the vampire and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, there was somebody who'd said that they'd seen a big black dog and it was in the cemetery and they thought it was locked in the cemetery because right. it was behind the gates. So maybe it's a recurring thing. I'll get in touch with Lawson because he didn't mind me naming him and I'll say that to him. I'll see if I can find it. It might be on YouTube or one of streaming sites or something. Yeah. Well, there have been a couple of werewolf type reports there as well. I think I remember. a number of shadow beings, and when I say shadow beings, I don't mean just a human shape, a big hulking dark yeah. mass of darkness that I can think of. Lots of um, people feeling physically sick. Yes. Really yeah. dropping to the knees and, and being physically sick. And when, as they get from the cemetery, yeah. they suddenly wears off them and it goes. A bit like the, the Watcher in the Edinburgh Vault. Yes. And the feeling that something's hulking over the top of you. Yeah. But yeah, I've never been to Highgate. I, I, I wouldn't mind having a feel. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to go. I would. I've got a story about Edinburgh, though. Uh, it just reminded me. In fact, I've got a list um, in a book of all my experiences, and I just write them down. And I don't think I've got this one in. And um, it was in about 2002. Me and my husband used to be actors before we joined the normal world yeah. and um, <laughs> we, did, um, a show, yeah. we did a, an Edinburgh show at the festival um, and we did um, a play called Two by Jim Cartwright and there's um, a place I can't remember the exact name of it but um, it's it's a venue that's under one of the old railway bridges right um and and within the kind of it's it's called the archers yeah really? and 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 in each of the archers they they erect a little stage and put right. loads of seating in so it's really atmospheric yeah um and so they we've done ours out like a pub and it was really good anyway in one of the like two archers along it was much more spooky and they'd mm. got this sort of ghost experience going on and, um, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm, um, I went in by myself because Tom didn't want to go. And, um, and it was literally pitch black, but there were loads yeah. of people there. And you sort of had to follow this path right. in the darkness. And, um, and there was one moment where I found myself under this big railway arch by myself. Mm. And... Um, but I became aware of this incredibly strong presence 
right next to my face like yeah. stronger than I've ever felt I mean I felt things like that quite a lot yeah um, and I think I'm quite in tune because you've often got children kind of creeping up behind you in the classroom <laughs> so I know when they're there yeah but it was really strong and it felt really scary impressive and I thought that somebody on the tour had kind of come and stood too close yeah. to me in the dark yeah so I turned around to sort of go hello I'm here sort of thing there's nobody there yeah. and it freak I'm not easily scared at all but that freaked me out so much that I actually ran to the next bit and I held on to the man in front of me <laughs> and I was like 30 years old and I thought he won't notice if I just hold on to the bottom of his coat <laughs> and I followed him round the rest of him. <laughs> You're going to be shocked when I tell you this, but you have had a typical watcher experience. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It was the so frightening. At the Edinburgh vaults, he only ever oppresses women. He will wow. loom over you and absolutely terrify you. And they think that he actually murdered you. He's responsible for some murdered females down there. Oh, wow. And it's always people run. There's different areas in the vaults. Yeah, there is. So what you're describing is, have a look on Google, The Watcher, Edinburgh Vaults. People have actually wrote to the newspapers and said that they've been down there doing either paranormal nights or they've been down there as guests. And the, the women have actually been forced out of there. Oh, thing, wow. Watching them. Wow. My mum and dad went. And um, there's a bit, as you get past the stone circle, they put you in, uh, I think it's the room where the baby's toys are, where the girl's toys are. Yes, I was going to talk about that, yeah. Yeah, they turn the light out completely um, and just take a photo of you. And at the end of it, if you want the photograph, you can go and get it. And it's pitch black. My mum's got a long black coat on, my dad's in black. And all you can see is just, my mum's just white from the neck down, just this brilliant white light. Wow. Almost like she's made of white. And she said there was a child there, Debbie. There was definitely a child there. I could feel it. Yeah. Like that grandmotherly energy that you want to put towards it. Um, and they've still got that photo. So if I go in, over next week, I'll get a picture of it and we can add it into the show next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be really good. Because, yeah, there is meant to be a little girl's spirit there. And um, that's why people take the um, dolls and stuff. And it's for her. I can't remember what her name is because this is um, kind of up at the top of the city um, yes. and it's in the old tenement buildings, isn't it? And they, they had them all, all underground, didn't they? Yeah, they're underground, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really free, really. Yeah. I'd hate to, hate to have lived there. Oh, yeah. Um, awful when you think about it in those times, yeah. it been awful. So you, yeah. you've got like the worst of the worst living with homeless families and children. Yeah. And stable like stone yeah oh forget when i know for me when i saw it on the telly i thought can you imagine you can just imagine it running with water can't you and being yeah really cold, dizzy, yeah. not the best place to be kind of thing um i've never been uh my mum and dad absolutely love the tattoo so and my grandma liked the tattoo so they used to go up and do that but my mum she, she liked the edinburgh vaults they've had experiences other places, Stocksbury Bypass, for instance. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Tell that one, Dad. Oh, yeah, go on. Just, do you want the whole Stocksbury Bypass of just my parents? I've run, I've run it down. I want the whole. We want the whole lot. The whole of it. <laughs> I think it was back in the, back in the 80s that they added um, this part of the M1 and they made the big bypass. It won't come to me now, the name of the road, but it's the Stocksbury Bypass. And it's an area of quite a lot of black spot accidents. 
Yeah. But as they were building the site, a number of security guards said that they saw Victorian children playing and that they were plagued by tools going missing and something speaking in their ear, really frightening and oppressive. Yeah. To the point that they actually got the police in. Wow. Two police officers staged, uh, sat there at night and they staged, um, whatever you call it, surveillance. Vigil. They drawn to this dark, awful figure stood on the new bridge and it was just glaring down at them. It was like this dark humanoid shape, exactly the spot where the black spot happened. Yeah. yeah. They were absolutely terrified. And as one, they had a thud on the side of the car. And as they looked, that shape was right at the car. Oh, it wow. made, then it was thuds and there was bangs and they took off out of there and they made the report back at the station that they were chased from there. Yeah. So over the years, people describe seeing somebody run out in front of the car. So they slam on or they try and swerve and it's deadly for them, or, you know, really severe. So my mum and dad had been to, um, we were either on the way from Manchester to Yorkshire or on the way back, I can't remember. Mum's um, driving, my dad had just come out of art care and they were going on holiday, you know, for a, a bit of R&R. And my mum said she was tired. And back then, there wasn't a whole lot of service stations or anything like that where you could pull in, was there? So mum's driving, dad's in the passenger seat, and she said, I'm getting really tired. So she opens the window to get some cold air. And as she goes to turn the radio on, something from the back seat goes, look out. And as she looks, she's a sailor. She had the, uh, an old-fashioned sailor, white hat, bell bottoms, a whole nine yards. He's walking along the verge of the road. And if she hadn't been warned, she would have swerved to avoid him and they would have gone. They'd have, my mum oh and dad my had goodness. Yeah. accident. And she really believes to this day. I mean, she looked at dad and said, did you see that? And my dad was like, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. My dad had the same thing, you know, white uniform on me, like flared bell bottoms. And my mum said that he's, they saved her life. If he, She thinks it woke her up. Yeah. So you know, who they, shouted? Who does she think shouted? She doesn't know. She doesn't know. She, and my dad heard it. It was an audible voice. Yeah. It said, look out. Guardian angel. And there are other people that report it where they've had a warning pre-accident. Maybe, and and maybe someone who's passed in yeah. the same situation who's like, look out, you know, it's about to happen again. Yeah. But something must be there. If we look at what people are seeing, Victorian children. Yeah. Dark, luminous, negative humanoid shape. So there's something brewed in there mm. that's appearing in a way that would scare the living daylights out of you, which tells yeah. me it's feeding on that fear. Yeah. You know? um, I've not been, but I said to Mark, I'd love to go in the next month or two and just have a go down because I've just done a, a report and it actually put all the sightings together on there. So I, I wouldn't mind going down there and just having a feel myself and yeah. getting me in. I'm seeing if I can find, you know, uh, just anything really. Um, and I'd love to have a talk to the people down there if there are any later reports yeah. that people haven't, you know, because you this scares, aren't they, when you're trying to find them online? Yeah. Maybe writing to the local newspaper or saying, have you ever, you know, have you had a paranormal experience on Stock Street Breakfast and see what we get back in? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you could put an advert out, couldn't you? Yeah. Wasn't there um, a black monk or something seen gliding across the bridge as well? Yeah, you got that, Deb. It's some describing, don't they, as a cowled, cowled figure? Yeah. 
And that normally to me is a bit ooh, like Grace Tupire. That normally, if it's a dark energy, is it masking or a cloaking or is it a cowl? Yeah. No, do we? No. Some people see things and they'll say, I don't know if it had a hood on or it was in a cowl or it was hiding itself in some way. Yeah. yeah. It is disguising itself so you can't see the real it, which kind of brings us to Bempton. Yes. So we've had two new reports come in this week. Yes. Very strange ones. Wow. 27th of August, a 15-foot Bigfoot was spotted on a beach in Holcombe. Yeah. No way, on a beach? On a beach in Holcombe from Norfolk. Now, bear with me. This guy is so definite that this happened that he actually went to the newspapers and reported it. Yeah. He said that he was with other people. He was paddleboarding. He needed a pee. He nipped off in the sand dunes to have a pee. And he sees this, what he described as 15-foot-tall creature. In the same week, a lady out walking her dog found these really strange footprints. They were 15 inches in length. Um, and the dog took her over to them. She didn't notice them herself. The dog kind of sniffed her in there to them. And then the reporter must have spoke to locals because one guy said, oh, my dad used to talk about them all the time when we were younger. They live in that pine forest along the beach and they just survive on sheep and cows. As if right. enough absolutely nothing but we have a lot of um norfolk's the home of the shook anyway so you've got all the shook reports it's big yeah. black be it phantom or flesh and blood but there are a lot of like dogman reports um bigfoot reports wild man and strangely a couple of baboon so they seen this creature that's baboon like so they mean this snout michaela yeah Black face human, a snouted creature that goes down onto two legs and up onto two and walks. Um, first seen by a chap in the 70s in Thetford Forest there. He was driving through and he said it, it clearly was approaching him. It was coming over to him and he, he just drove off. And the reports have come in for millennia. So my guess on the situation is last year we had a lot of flooding early spring and a yeah. lot of wet weather and the bigfoot reports were in by march we'd had six from january yeah. to march mm. this nothing until august we've had a massive drought a yeah huge drought. is that why he's made the mistake of showing himself is he just looking for water yeah possibly that was kind of the feeling i got from it that why would he in the daytime put himself at that risk of being yeah, in full view yeah, full view. Or he's been caught unawares or something like that. And a lot of people are telling me, Michaela, that, well, you very rarely get Bigfoot reports on beaches, and that's not true. No. I can think of several on the Yorkshire coast um, that would tie in. If you just kept going south, you'd end up on the Norfolk coast. Chapel Lee, is it Chapel Lee Firth, Jebber? Yeah, Chapel, Chapel St. Leonard or Chapel Lee Firth. On St. Leonard, couple on the beach walking the dog, see this seven foot tall black thing with white eyes watching them from the trees along the beach. Wow. And they were so frightened, they picked the dogs up and they ran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's quite a number of reports of cryptic creatures along the beaches. Um, lady in Cornwall that I worked with last year, she's right on the edge of um, Woody Bay. So it's cliffs and beach and just just trees and forest yeah she goes outside a, a lane she's walked for many a year in the darkness not scared of it at all for a bit of context she's camped out on dartmoor 
she's a survival tamper. She knows the stuff. Yeah. yeah. She walked into a situation that she described as I walked into a hunt. She said there was something up on the hill on the embankment and it was driving something down. Yeah. And there was something lower on the edge. It was waiting for this thing that was being driven down. She said it felt like I'd walked into a prehistoric hunt. Wow. And it got so bad for her. It was so hard for her that she moved. She actually picked up and, and moved into the town because the yeah. idea was being like she couldn't walk the lane again. She couldn't take her dog for a walk. Oh my goodness. It frightened her so much. And I think she'd, I kept, I said, did say to her, I don't think it's, she was worried to come to the house. And I said, I don't think it was intended for you. When I looked at the reports from previous years, because there had been reports of dogmen like creatures from previous years, it all yeah. happened in the spring, January, February time. And it was January, February time for her. Yeah. yeah. And I said to her, I think you've just walked into something. And yeah, because, because, because she works with canines and she's dog rescue, I think she she's she'd never put a word to it. I'm going to be honest. She said, I don't know what they were, which is fair enough because she didn't. Yeah. But she felt like she'd walked into some kind of hunt, that some animal was being driven down to another set of animals. Whatever they were. Whatever they were. Mm. Yeah. So, um, there's yeah. um there's a, a podcast that I've listened to quite a few times. I don't know if you've listened to it. It's an American one called the Sasquatch Chronicles. Oh, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is it yeah. Wesish? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. There's one particular story where this lady was on a beach and it, it just really reminds me of that, actually. Mm. Just out in the open. Yeah. Where well, um, you wouldn't expect anything to be there. Yeah. I mean, either are. It's what if they, if they are flesh and blood, a flesh and blood creature like us, you go down to the seaside and you've tripled your food sources. Yeah. The only area you're going to get salt from. All yeah. mammals need salt. We all yeah. need it, don't we, Deb? Yeah. So early humans went from the forest, foraged out to the, yeah. to the coast. Imagine the times when shoals of fish are coming in, herrings, kipping, kip, you know, kippers, that type of thing. Yeah. You'd have been down there, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd get whatever food you could and as they got more of you I think you'd you'd take your children and that's how we foraged as yearly humans but I think that's happening with these creatures yeah I really do I think makes sense food and I think sometimes that food source is the same we just don't think about it like that no as humans ourselves I think people on the coast do they see the sea as a food locker don't they I think yeah. us folk for me you think at farms, you don't really think at beach. But I do remember for a long time thinking that there'd never be any reports on the beaches. And I actually sat down and looked and I thought, oh my goodness, they're all around the estuaries. Yeah. And one trick I know is rivers flow into estuaries and rivers are fresh water. Yes. So wherever the tide depends to be, if you taste water and it's brackish and it's salty, you just walk up the estuary and eventually you'll hit fresh water. Fresh water, yeah. Is that what they're doing? They are just following that river out to the coast, getting what they need, and off they go back home. Yeah. The only thing I that kind of um, makes me think it, it must be very difficult for any creature um, who doesn't want to yeah. be spotted is that beaches are very exposed, aren't they? There's, yeah. there's yeah. nowhere to hide. It's a risk yeah. going nowhere on a beach. Salt Fleet Marsh. You've yes. got a brother to walk on the dog. 
and they say that they spot off in the distance what they think is a man in a white bowler suit with a bloody apron. Ooh. And as it gets closer, they realise it's actually hurrying up to get close to them. And the creatures, it's not bloody, it's a red chest. Red hair, he said it had on the chest. And it started moving. Ooh. And same thing, they picked the dog up and they ran and they went. I used um, to live not far from there. No, I know, but I think I would. I think I'd pick the dog up. Oh, I would, yeah. If I saw something like that coming at me. Yeah. And I, just, I think it might be harder for people to report it if it's at the seaside. But yeah. I was thinking before, how many people, I, because I spoke to two people yesterday from Bempton. Bempton's right on the cliff. You've got reports of other people that have seen UFO. Yeah. Right? Dark figures, cryptids, eye yeah. shots, whole nine yards. The, the two people I spoke to yesterday were the fifth and sixth people this year. Yeah. So me and Deb went down in March with um, a member of various paranormal teams. Yeah. And they had an experience when we were back at the caravan. But it was we'd had an experience the night before, and it was a spooky place. Um, and this, we'd invited the last. She won't mind me naming her. She's it's Emma. I'd invited her to come down because um, I've known Emma for a number of years. Yeah. Um, and I said to her, come down and join us um, on the Saturday. And unfortunately, she couldn't. She has mobility problems like me. So she said she would dine and go and she wanted a rest. And she said, I decided to go and stay at the caravan. Is it Runton? I've got it wrote down somewhere. I can't remember what she said now. And the idea being that she wanted to visit all of the places where she knew that the sightings had been. And yeah. one of those it was um Benson. I've actually got it written out if you do, if you don't mind me writing it, it yeah. reading it. No, no, not at all. One second. So where's Benton? Can you just Bridlington? Yeah, just up from Brid. Oh right, okay. Flambra, Flambra Head. Yeah, yeah. I used to go there as a kid all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right. So Emma and she's with her girlfriend Sarah and she said, Hi Deb. I've just been away on a short break for a few nights away in the caravan. We stayed at Rudston near Bridlington, Yorkshire. I haven't been very well and the break was planned so I could take some time out and relax and enjoy the time off. So on my break, I chose to walk and drive and experience the mystery of the woods and the coast where I knew that so many encounters had occurred. Plus it's beautiful just to watch the sea and the birds as you walk. Anyway, Deb, following your kind invitation to join you and Deb Singleton early in the year, I missed out due to illness, but I was determined to get there myself and get a feel of the place. So I visited on Thursday night. I was with my partner, Sarah, and she's very connected spiritually, and she regularly converses with spirit. She helps spirits to cross over when they come to get help. And she's also had experiences with UFOs during her life. And when she's ready, then I'll help her submit her experiences to you because I'm convinced that she's an experiencer and has been abducted. I've also had experiences with ghost ebbs and I've learned over the last few years to trust my intuition. I'm telling you all this because throughout the day, my partner was feeling that she was going to experience something in the evening. She didn't tell me until we were driving down Cliff Lane and that was about quarter to eight. We were driving towards the car park when I said that my crown had started tingling and I was feeling ringing in my ears that comes with the changing energy. We packed up. We both felt fine. It was still light. There were a couple of people walking the cliffs, just watching the birds. And we were enjoying the evening and just talking between ourselves as we do. 
we had a torch with us and we reached as far as a Jubilee viewing point. That would have been about uh, 8.45 p.m. The crescent moon was low and bright and it was then darkening quickly by this point. But our eyes had become used to it. However, my camera didn't. She said I turned as we were pondering life and I started to say, shall we turn around and head back? As I didn't want to walk too far. And as I said that, I saw something on the horizon of the fields. I said to Sarah, what's that? And I kept looking at it. And I realised there were two of them and then another. They were absolutely huge, as big as bears in their body. But they were on four legs as they were running from right to left. They ran from the bushes on one side, across the field on the horizon. But they weren't bears, clearly not, nor were they cows or deer. Their gait was so weird. They just didn't run like you expect an animal on four legs to run. We had no idea what they were. But this feeling of dread came over us both. Sarah felt it more and she explained she could also sense a canine energy. So I was keeping calm and trying to think rationally. She took some photos in a video, which just don't do justice to the size of those things. Plus the light made it really difficult to record. Whatever they were, we couldn't tell. And they would run and then stop and try and hide from us. And then they'd run again. We walked back as quickly as we could. And when we were driving back, I watched the video taken by a paranormal team on YouTube. And the gait and behaviour in that video was exactly the same as what we witnessed. I was still trying to determine whether they could be livestock. So we decided we needed to go back and check in the light. So on Friday evening, we went back at 6pm. It was much lighter. We stood in the same place we were standing. And we even went into the field to the spot where we saw them because we come up we had to come up with an explanation she said there's no livestock in that field and half the fences are down so there's no way there would have been anything there that day at the old RAF base there are cows but they're fenced in she said the only animal I saw out there were a couple of pheasants and a hare I can't explain what I saw but I believe we saw the same creatures I say this due to the way I acted and the way they run now, she's happy for me to have the video. She's happy for me to share them with you. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the photographs. And she said, I don't know what they were, Deb, but that place is definitely eerie. And we even felt the strange energy change on Friday as we approached. Sarah said she could feel an angry energy from the alpha canine on the main, or the main one in charge. She felt that anger not long before falling and cutting her leg open. And that's why we left. Now, Sarah keeps asking me about dogmen. She's never heard of them until I told her about them. She actually lives a few miles inland. Since last week, she said to me a couple of times that she can feel that canine pull and that one day it was 22 miles away and the next 17 miles away. So she knows it's getting closer. On the Friday when we returned, it was still light enough to see. And we passed a woman walking a dog on the path there. And she asked if we'd seen any animals because she's seen a lot of pheasants. I replied that we hadn't, but that we'd seen something strange the night before, but we didn't know what it was. She immediately told me that she was at Bempton Pond in 2021, walking a dog, and she saw an animal about 50 metres away that was black and on four legs. She first said she thought it was some kind of black cat, but then she said she saw his face and it was dog-like. She was in her late 60s and she impressed on us that she hadn't had a drink or taken any drugs or anything like that. 
and that's the report. Wow. Gosh. So I, I only got it yesterday, so I've not been able to do any work on it or anything yeah. like that. But the description, you know, this thickly muscled, I can't even put a name on it. Some people will say, I don't know if it was a cross between a horse and a dog. Yeah. It was a, a dog, but it has like a horse's face or flaring nostrils or whatever, you know? Yeah. The way yeah. it moved was strange. It didn't look like a creature that should be down on all fours moving. I hear that back from so many witnesses. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the video yet? No, I haven't. I just, I messaged you this morning and I just said, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. Because obviously when you've seen something, you can change over the few days. It might be a bit of excitement at first and then doubt or creeping, you start asking yourself. And I'm really glad that they went back. Yeah. Going back in the daytime can kind of, you can say, well, there's no way I could have seen it from there. Because, that you know, I mean, the land, I had to stay on the path, me and Deb. Yeah. Quite participants. It's the cliffs, there's a lot of nesting birds and things like that. That's and the grass, wanna... the grass areas are them like clumps of couch grass out there. So you get your foot on one of them and you go you go over on your ankle. Yeah. But it's really treacherous. When we were there, I thought one of the other team had walked right up behind us and there was nobody there when I turned around and saw a, a like a light sweeping. But it, we thought it was a team member's torch, but it yeah. wasn't bright white, like it was more lantern, yellowy. Yeah. Gaslight, kind of, yeah. like that. And but it was in front of us, who we thought it was, was actually in front of us when we looked round. Yeah, way in front oh, of us. Wow. What's the legend, Debbie, the light? What's he called? Old? Uh, the, the, ghost, the ghost of old railings. That's it. That's the biggest viewing platform. Yeah, the fishermen see him with his lantern. Yeah. And you think it was probably a smuggler's cove back in yeah. the day. The way it was, so you could put a false light on to make a ship crash on the rocks. Yeah, you know, under it. Lots of Cornish people made millions doing that. Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that was what it was like back in the day. So what kind of energy is there? And then once again, we stick a military of defence yep. thing on it. We build yep. on it, make tunnels on it. I've never seen inside those tunnels, Deb. I, I only saw a clip today. I didn't realise that all of that, these... Yeah, down there and, and things. I didn't know about that. It was used for for a lot of years for satanic worship and whatever. And two lads got in there, um, urban explorers. Uh, oh, before that, sorry, when it was still open and you could get in, they've concreted it up now. Apparently, um, mm. they went down there and they actually found a spaniel pinned to the wall, dead, pinned oh. up to the wall, spread out. They also, somebody's got it now, but they also found um, like um, a cape, not a cape, there were capes and there were like hats, but they right. were professionally made. They weren't just knocked together. Yeah, These were professionally, professionally stitched and made for like some sort of weird worship thing. Um, and then the urban explorers that went down, they found lots of like, pornographic yeah, paintings depictions on the walls and yeah but really nasty yeah and, I, and I, I didn't i come off because i thought oh um the kids were about and i, I was, I was yeah. this afternoon and they back obviously they're back at school and as i was looking i thought oh the kids are coming in so i kind of shook my laptop and that yeah but oh i didn't like the feel i got off it just from the little, yeah. little well, they're supposed to have, i mean it's all fenced off you can't get to it apparently but they're supposed to have concrete it all in allegedly 
But then somebody just in the last year said you can actually still get inside if you can get through the get the fencing. You can actually still get inside, but I don't think I'd want to. When that was looming up out of the darkness, Deb, when we were there, mm. I didn't like the feel of it at all. That's why I said, can we turn around? Because I, I didn't want to go any further. I know the rest of the group went a bit further than us, but... I was scared and I didn't want to admit it, but I was scared physically. I thought, yeah. I'm going to land on my face here in a minute, you know? Yeah. I had a feeling of like, oh, I just didn't want to be there. No, it's horrible. Because it's, like, it's silhouetted because it's on a hill. As you're, mm. as you're going across, along the side of the cliffs, it's silhouetted in front of you and it's the most horrible, creepy-looking building in the dark. It's just yeah. not so good in the light, but... I worked with a chap. Not work with, work with him because of his experience for yeah. about three years, and he is convinced that it was that visit, that visit to Bempton, yeah, changed him. Yeah, he's everything just went negative. He lost his job. He's lost his relationship. He was lost everything, on he really? Everything. Yeah, um, else. and it it was feeding on him. Mm. It was it was pushing him lower and lower and lower. And I said to him, "What would you do if it was a man?" that came into your, you know, your child or your wife's bedroom. And he yeah. said, I'd, you know, I said, well, that's the attitude you need. You need the same mm -hmm. attitude. And all I kept getting was this sulking, dripping, dark dog thing. Yeah. And I said to him, it's like a stray dog and it's looking for something to feed off. You yeah. know, and what you've got to do is say, make your boundaries. You will not cross this doorway. You will not come to this house. And like, and obviously I want to keep in touch with them and find out how things are for them. Yeah. I know that Sarah's spiritually strong. I'm not worried because she'll know what to do. It'll come instinctively. Yes. What worries me is other people going down to Bempton who yeah. I didn't protect like an absolute nutter. I didn't protect before we went. I didn't do any protection. And I didn't no, know and when I Neither of us did. My lips, I've never experienced anything like it. Everyone said, oh, it's just the salt air. I've been to so many beaches in my life. Yeah. No. I couldn't swallow water. No. It was so sore. I couldn't eat. I never stopped being sick. And I've been like that from coming back. Yeah. And it just it's just a very oppressive place, you know. Um, but it's my own fault for going in. Because <laughs> we were going for a holiday, weren't we, Deb? We, weren't well, we, were, yeah. we were doing a little bit of investigation, but it was more a kind of a chill-out, get-together kind of thing, wasn't it, yeah, more than anything? Nothing that I felt like I had to do anything extra about, but that's no. silly because I've heard the stories of down there. Yeah. I've heard what other people have seen there, you know? I shine at seven foot that drops yeah. to the ground. Yeah. No. The last then, time I did that was a chap who was camping in Yorkshire, wild camper. He saw I shine like that, and a hand went underneath his tent. Yes. And lifted him. He said he nipped out for the pee, and he saw I shine. He said, I've got my head torch on, so I don't pee on my boots. And as yeah. I look up, the eye shine, and it dropped to the floor. Oh, my goodness. That's scary. So he's, he's jumped back in the tent, heart's pounding, obviously. You're trying to calm your breathing down, aren't you? Like, calm down, calm Yeah. Probably an owl or an animal, all these things are going through your head. Starts talking himself to get relaxed. Next thing, he just feels this hand go. He said it was thick and hard. It went right underneath him in the tent and lifted him. And yeah. he said that he was screaming like a banshee. And I don't blame him. No, me neither. Weird. Oh, how terrifying. Farmer said that they'd have people on land who were nicking like eggs and chickens and stuff like that. 
Yeah. So he promised the farmer that the farmer that he'd be look out for the night, you know, like a bit of like a bit of security work. Yeah. Yeah. So can get out of there quick enough. Yeah, and oh I just goodness. got my gear up and that were it. I were out of there and I don't blame him. Can you imagine that though, kind of like in the middle of the night, that happening? It's like, do I go or do I stay? What do I do? I wouldn't know what to do. Terrifying. Do you know what area that was, Deborah? Um, I do, and I'll tell you in private. Right. It's a family farm and he doesn't want me giving the Oh, right, yeah. 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 Uh, He's he's quite a famous YouTuber in all honesty. A lot of people follow him on YouTube and he does a lot of survival and, um, you know, like primitive tools and how to make fire and things like that. Oh, yeah. how to like clean your water without anything so he does all of that kind of things so he's not a chap who'd be nervous and he said i know they call it wild camping now what was his expression oh for us it was just a night off the farm yeah they said they were skinned yeah. they had no money and they just go and like i remember doing that and that he was so at ease i think if i remember rightly he'd gone out because he had a chest infection right. and he said that was probably the last time I'd go this season. So the idea was get me rid of my summer gear, get it all aired out, pack it up yeah. and I go up and, and bring me weight once again out. So that was what was on his mind. Um, and he had, uh, I think he had work either the next day or the day after. So he said he was just planning on chilling. He was fishing, he had his rod with him and he did a bit of fishing and he just said it all went wrong at the night. <laughs> yeah. So, if you want to hear the second half, then tune in next week on Thursday and you can hear what happens next. Don't forget, everybody, I really want you to send in your paranormal stories to me. You can email them in to me at paranormalorwhatpodcast at outlook.com or you can upload voicemail messages and email them to me or upload them directly on the Anchor website, which is anchor.fm forward slash paranormal or what podcast forward slash message. As usual, it's been a real pleasure having a chat with you. And let's see what happens next week, shall we? So don't forget, send me in those stories and stay spooky. And remember... Together, we can figure it out. Night.